डियर लिस्नर्स साईराम वेलकम टू अवर रेडियो सीरीज आफनून सत्संग दिस इज अ डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडियो साइज प्रेम एंड अरविंद ऑन डिफरेंट स्पिरिचुअल टॉपिक्स एवरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम यू कैन एंजॉय दिस लाइव कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टैंडर्ड टाइम टूडेज एपिसोड वॉज फर्स्ट फीचर्ड एज पार्ट ऑफ थर्सडे लाइव ऑन जनवरी Arvind from Team Radio Sai I take great pleasure in welcoming you for yet another session of the afternoon satsang and as always joining me is brother Prem Sairam dear Prem Sairam Arvind and Sairam to all our listeners tuned in from every part of the world Prem I know that we had stopped last week at the point where we were discussing what we should do when we miss swami so intensely True If I may be allowed to take this detour you know I was hearing this song that Upashramanam Asageu from Prema Pravaham from the program Prema Pravaham and I was lost in so much nostalgia in the last 5 minutes the things that have happened in my heart I mean I don't know how to express it but this program as such Prem it was so fantastic and it taught so many lessons and gave so many insights okay maybe we can do an afternoon satsang on this program itself sometime but some things that i would really wanted to recollect and recap was you know the way this program came about was through an inspiration and i always believe swami has also said mm-hmm. that inspiration is one way in which god communicates with you so any inspiration is arising from the heart which is the seat of god and professor g venkatraman who is heading the radio sai studios here okay he had this idea that every birthday mm-hmm. for anybody when it is celebrated it is always about the person only in swami's case it is always about what the devotees want you know the devotees want to present and swami never has said that you know my birthday should be like this my birthday should be like that in fact swami says i don't see anything special in my birthday just because you see it special i consider it as a birthday and i allow the celebration otherwise i don't want anything so professor g venkatraman had this inspiration and this was his very intense feeling that for this swami's birthday how wonderful it would be and this was the 85th birthday and right in the beginning of the year itself that is about 9 months before he got this idea and he got this inspiration that why don't we have a program which is just like you know the sai bhagavatam mm-hmm. which narrates the glory of swami and the speciality will be that till now never before it has happened that the avatar's glory is sung in the avatar's presence mm-hmm. as such reliving the whole thing you know there was no bhagavata parayanam when lord krishna was there the closest that we came to was when lord rama the king was sitting and he had banished sita to the forest sita had delivered the twins lava and kusha and these twins had been taught the ramayana and they come singing the ramayana to ayodhya the capital city of lord rama and then when they are brought to the court not knowing that it is their father they sit and sing the glory of rama and rama sees his whole life pass before him and this was the exact analogy that gv sir brought up and conveyed to everyone and said this is what we should do 
But you know, inspiration is fine. To go ahead, it is not a simple task because there are so many things. And especially for these landmark birthdays, you know, like the 65th birthday, the 70th birthday, 75th, you know that it is always done by devotees from around the world. Correct. You know, it's like some prime time slot. Five, five minutes people clamor for they want. And here, the idea that came was the student should be singing the glories of Swami. Now, how can such a big slot be given to the students? But anyway, as always, work began in right earnest. And I'm very proud and happy and privileged to say that the studio, the boys in the studio got the chance to work on this project. Mm -hmm. So what was the idea was, we have songs which are specially composed. Just like we have Ramakatha, which sings the glory of Rama through five or six songs. We should have a Sai Katha, which sings the glory of Sai through five or six songs. Now these five or six songs have to be specially composed, have to be specially tuned. And each song, just like in the Ramakatha, each song deals with different facet of Rama avatar. Here, each song deals with different facets of the Sai avatar. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. And then began what can be considered as one of the most massive collaborative work, you know, because poets, different poets, professional poets, Swami students who have become poets, different people were contacted for poems. And first of all, you know, you had to shortlist what should be the content of these poems. <laughs> because what is Swami's glory? You cannot write it in thousand books. How can you write it into seven songs? But an effort was made to condense them and bring out the highlights. Now these poets, after that, for tuning these songs, a lot of effort went on, which included the likes of, you know, Mandolin Srinivas. <laughs> they all came up with compositions for these songs. But then what happened was, the variety in each song was tremendous. Because if you have to explain about Swami's compassion, imagine what all has to be said and you have only 20 lines to tell it. So the idea was to use music and words in a synergistic manner so that the whole meaning comes out beautifully. Therefore, none of the tunes actually seem to be perfect for the song. In fact, Brother Sai Prakash from the studio, one day I remember he sat down, he prayed and prayed and with great intensity sat the whole night. Mm-hmm. And he came up with a tune which was a mix of several tunes. And this had to be done because each line had a different feel. Mm -hmm. Each line was describing one facet of Swami's compassion. It has to have a different feel. And so it was a song that was made. And this song was actually on one of the easier topics, if I may say, about how Swami has uplifted the Vedas and the scriptures. Mm -hmm. The song was made. Now all this... While this was happening, on the other side, the plans were afoot for what would become the grandest ever birthday celebrations. Mm -hmm. And for that, programs were being drawn up. And we were all wondering what would happen. So, the bhajan group, the students from the institute, everyone were involved into it. They were told what is the idea. And we all were told that we should pray intensely to Swami. And the way Swami responded, Prem, it was in August. Mm-hmm. August 2010 Swami said that I want to listen to this song and then came another idea before showing it to Swami what was done was this song was put onto a timeline in a video editing software and appropriate videos were placed the idea was as Swami's glory is being sung people can watch it if we can establish huge screens 
ड्यूरिंग द एटी फिफ्थ बर्थडे सो अ वीडियो वॉज प्रिपेयर अ कॉमेंट्री टीम मेड सम कमेंट्री रेडी एंड आई डोंट रिमेंबर द एग्जैक्ट डेट बट इन ऑगस्ट ऑफ टू थाउजेंड टेन स्वामी कॉल द होल टीम ऑफ स्टूडेंट्स इन टू हिज रेसिडेंस एट यजुर मंदिर एंड आई वॉज सिटिंग देयर सो आई कैन से मे बी इट वॉज एट बेस्ट अ सेमाई प्रोफेशनल अटेम्प्ट यू नो देर वेर मिस्टेक्स इन द कॉमेंट्री द सॉन्ग्स वॉज नॉट परफेक्ट द विजुअल्स वेर ऑल्सो ओके बट स्वामी वॉज एंग्रॉस्ड वॉचिंग द वीडियो ही वॉज सो एंग्रॉस्ड एंड देन ही लुकड एंड सेट ऑन माई बर्थडे दिस इज वॉट विल हैपन यू नो दैट वॉज जस्ट वन साइलेंट वर्ड विच ही स्पोक टू टू थ्री बॉयज द एल्डर्स हु हैड असेंबल्ड देयर दे डिड नॉट हियर दिस they were not aware of it also they did not even know that such a if i can say a coup was being planned where <laughs> you know all the programs would get upstaged and this program would be coming the plans were afoot because they had to coordinate from across the world but swami said this would be done and swami took such interest that he called tailors and selected the colors of the dress for each of the boys that was the amount of advance planning swami started well now i shall fast forward and there were tremendous tremendous difficulties and so many hurdles but every time after doing your best you know when it seemed that it would just not be enough we would leave it to swami and the next day swami would come up with a solution in fact finally for giving the songs their final tunes a great person uh, you must have heard of mr rajkumar bharati yeah yes of course rajkumar bharati is he is the great grandson of uh, the great poet of independence struggle uh, in a tamil poet by name mm. subramanya bharati exactly yeah. we have known him the as he, a he is a very famous classical singer too mr rajkumar Raj bharati, bharati. Yeah. his great grandfather was a great freedom fighter for india and a patriot so he got involved and the tunes came out so beautifully so perfectly and so many exciting things happened in the last 15 days which i feel we should reserve for another afternoon satsang but prem see even as i think of that you know i get goosebumps and i get tears in my eyes because nobody in the world knew that this would be the last physical birthday of swami and it was exactly like a repeat of what happened during the treta yuga you know in the treta yuga lord rama sat on his majestic throne his children sat in front of him and sang out his whole life story and lord rama closed his eyes and his whole life passed before him and after that you know after that that is when he let them know that you are my children you are my children and shortly after that lord rama walks into the sarayu river and gives up his body here too you know swami was sitting the whole stage had been done up like a magnificent palace and a beautiful throne had been placed for swami a golden throne and here was the lord sitting on the golden throne and exactly his children were singing <laughs> his children were singing his own life lord rama had to close his eyes to see his life pass before him but swami he had kept his eyes open and there was a giant screen that was playing the visuals for each of these songs and the final song such an apt song such a historic song it was called tu pyar ka sagar hai and as tu pyar ka sagar hai which means you are an ocean of love, love if we get the opportunity to taste one drop that is enough and that song was playing on and what happened next was simply awesome stunning totally unexpected and spontaneous all the children 
from all the campuses of all Swami's educational institutions spontaneously began to light candles mm-hmm. and they passed on the candle, lit the flame and the whole stadium in the front, everyone had lighted candles and as this final song of the final birthday celebrations of Bhagwan was on, they did Aarti, a mass Aarti, not even realizing that Swami had blessed all of them with such a beautiful chance to give Aarti to the Lord on his final physical birthday celebrations. You know, now when I look back on the happenings of that day, I get tears in my eyes and these tears are only partially out of sorrow and longing, you know. More of it is out of gratitude that Swami, even then, you planned it in such a manner that the maximum number of people benefit. Every student, so many devotees who are present there, you know, in their heart, today they say that I got a chance to perform Aarti to my Lord. In one single song, one single event, one single master stroke of the master plan, Swami ensured that so many heart's desires are fulfilled. And for that birthday, He had come for darshan in the golden chariot. That was another longing of so many hearts. In one single stroke, Swami did everything. And today as we look back, we see so many acts of Swami, which we realize that it couldn't have happened had it not been part of the master plan. It just humbles me, makes me feel like dropping down onto my knees and praying to Swami, Swami, let me have the wisdom not to seek or ask for anything. For is there anything better that I could ask for that you have not planned? Everything you have planned in the most perfect and beautiful manner possible. I mean, I couldn't help going into this nostalgic mode when I heard that song. And it is beautiful, you know, that Prema Pravaham, even today, when we played in our Sai Blossom store over here, devotees gather around and watch the videos. Unforgettable videos, videos that have been garnered over decades of footage. Some of the most rare and beautiful footage, the lovely tunes. In fact, on that final day after the program, Swami called Mr. Rajkumar Bharati and gave him Pada Namaskar. After he took Namaskar, he came back and the first statement he said is, Today, if I have to die right now, I am ready. I don't think there is anything else left for me to achieve or fulfill in my life. I feel fulfilled and fructified. That kind of you know love, passion and enthusiasm for Swami is, is heard in those tunes. The videos are excellent. I mean a magnificent program. And they evoked so many things, you know. It, But as I said, more than anything else, to anyone who had been part of this, in their heart, it arises the feeling that we need not do anything in terms of informing God or asking God. God knows the best. We just have to trust Him, have faith and wait and just love Him from our hearts. Well, I think absolutely agree with what you said. But the fact is, I think the question of waiting for something to happen also vanishes when there is pure love in the heart. It's again coming to the point where the process is much, much more sweeter than the end itself. Mm. We'll of course come back to it in the course of the discussion but even as you're recollecting what Mr. Rajkumar Bharati said that that was enough. You know, just looking back at it, we've mm. spent so many years with Swami. We've spent so many years seeing Swami and uh, in our humble efforts, we have put so many programs in front of Swami. Swami has expressed his joy. But here was this person with that one word, with that one uh, blessing. He felt that his life was fulfilled. Looking at it, it's like 
Krishna could eat one leaf and satisfy 10,000 disciples of Durvasa. Hunger. <laughs> yes. And I think it gets us back to this discussion where it takes no effort for God to fulfill all our yearnings. Correct. Though we think that, you know, I've yearned for so long and I need to be compensated with so much more and so much in uh, means of time and content. But actually it takes absolutely no time for God to repay and fill the lacuna which is there, which is created in your heart. As you were saying during our last satsang, Prem, God is like that light. If there is darkness, just put on the switch in a moment, the whole room is filled with light. When the lights come on, the whole space is filled with light. It is not that a bigger room takes more time to light up and a smaller room takes less time to light up. It just happens instantly. And again, as it was so nicely presented last time, all these come about because we impress our logic onto Swami, which absolutely is not true. For example, I feel if I seek from the Lord a cup of coffee, if I tell if I'm going to pray for coffee, I feel I can get it off. Because for me, getting coffee is easy. But if I think if I I want to pray to the Lord for a Mercedes-Benz car, I feel that is tough because it is tough for me. I feel that it is easier for the Lord to fulfill my desire for a cup of coffee compared to a, a Mercedes-Benz car. That is again the mistake of me impressing my logic onto the Lord. For the Lord, both are equally easy or equally tough. What does it differ in them? I remember sitting in the darshan lines one day and a primary school, a small child, you know, he was sitting next to me. Swami came, spoke to one of the primary school children. He created vibhuti for that boy, gave it to him and moved in. Then I started talking to this little boy next to me. And I asked him whether Swami had given him anything before, you know, had materialized vibhuti or... So he said that, yes, Swami had materialized vibhuti for him. And I asked him, what do you like more? What do you think is better? In the sense, would you like vibhuti from Swami or a ring or a chain? At least in my mind, there is a gradation. (laughs) Vibhuti is okay. Ring is a better thing. A chain, because based on the permanence of the objects or whatever reason we feel and based on value maybe you know gold is so much more costly so must be more valuable when I asked this boy this question he was genuinely perplexed Mm -hmm. he looked at me and said now which chain is it I said yeah what Swami creates and Vibhuti I said yeah what Swami is creating he looks at me and says brother what is the difference both Swami is creating so both are equally valuable for the child it was so simple It doesn't differ whether it is vibhuti or ring or chain or a piece of paper or Swami's hair or whatever. If it comes from Swami, it is as valuable as anything else. So where is the difference? See, so many times we make this error of impressing our logic in a wrong manner. We feel that vibhuti that Swami gives may be lesser compared to the chain that Swami gives. I mean, all that is actually rubbish. Everything from the Lord is valuable. There's a beautiful analogy about the role perception plays you know mm. from physics mm. you know, even as I'm talking to you I'm seeing that orange mic over there okay Okay, and uh-huh. you know we have this idea how do you see an orange colour because the concept of physics says that yes white, other than orange yeah the object absorbs all other spectrum of colours other, other than, than the colour which, which it is and uh-huh. it kind of reflects back the orange correct okay so what is the uh, necessary condition for that that you should have white light which means Correct. the light which is shining on it should have all spectrums. Hmm. Okay. So if we are going to see that in say a green light where there is no orange component of different. orange, so the color will look different. Correct. Hmm. So similarly, I think when we look at God or when we look at what God can do, 
we tend to pose our uh, narrowness in that way we look at it it's like showing only one spectrum of light okay and trying to see the color of a object the best way you can see the actual color of the object is when you open up all the wavelengths which are available and show white light on it and then it'll you know show its true color and that's possible only when you look through the eyes of god yeah only when you look at it in the absolutely broad uh, sense as it's possible coming back after this brief digression but i feel it was such a beautiful and it will help us in our discussion further let's briefly and quickly recap what we had discussed last week we started off by telling what we should do when we intensely miss swami and feel like seeing him yeah, i think before that we asked the uh, you know more important question of is it wrong to really miss swami correct is there a inherent mistake in all of us that we miss swami once that in a while every time you know when we miss people tell us it's time to move on exactly. it's time to evolve so we discussed that there's nothing wrong because there have been so many cases we gave so many examples of ananda ramakrishna the gopikas all of them who attained god only through pining and wanting to see him in the form and especially the gopikas that what swami says swami as you know in many occasions said that the gopikas though they were appearing like a uh, regular village folk who didn't have any intellectual prowess and they were madly in love with krishna in that sense of mm. you know not able to understand not being able to understand the real uh, nature of krishna swami has often told that actually gopikas were sages who had mm. done years and years of penance and who actually sought that state of yearning oh okay so you know that again tells about uh, the the misconception we all have that maybe yearning and missing swami is is a is a kind of a lower level you know in in understanding hmm in fact you know we have heard of the uddhava gita true which is supposed to be a gita which was delivered by uddhava to the gopikas uddhava was sent by lord yeah, krishna in a very very cryptic way you know krishna hmm. plays that game he sends uddhava as though he uddhava has to go and appease and you know uh, bring some sense into the gopikas into the gopikas he tries to use gyana wisdom knowledge over bhakti and instead of him educating the gopikas on gyana he gets a lesson in bhakti and returns back to krishna humbled and filled with love for the lord and what he realizes that you know the very state which he was striving to reach through you know intellectual reasoning hmm. the gopikas had actually reached that state through, through simply their, through their love because ha simple love for the lord exactly because you know the idea of every uh, field as we have spoken so many times before is to give up that individuality and when he actually saw this gopikas he realized that they had long given up that individuality and they were seeing krishna and everything so i think that point was comprehensively established established that it doesn't matter you know even this is one more way to the lord and then we went on to discuss on how best then can we utilize these moments because these moments when you intensely miss swami and feel and feel the need to see him they are moments of great receptivity a time when a lot can happen there like those acceleration bonus stages in a video game if we can say so so we were discussing on how we can best utilize such instances and one of the things that came up in the discussion was that we should listen to some swami's discourse or to the songs or read a personal diary relive those memories do exactly what we would have done when swami was physically in prashantinilam and we were far off missing him suppose i was in china and swami is in prashantinilam and i suddenly miss swami i read swami's discourse put on radio sai and listen to the discourse or 
see some pictures of swami see some videos of swami we can do the same and this you know this aspect of revisiting some past memories this actually could be a very very useful process you know because as you mm. said it's a moment of i mean uh, intense receptiveness mm. so sometimes when you revisit some of these memories and incidents mm. which we have spent with swami i think it might even you know come up with some new meaning to us it might reveal some things which we might have missed you know when we went through that experience oh this has happened many times to me prem even now when i revisit my diaries personal diaries and look back on different i had noted it down factually this is what swami said this is what swami did this is what he did every time you revisit it and read it there is something new that strikes <laughs> because as you put it maybe our emotions are like the different colors of light and depending on the emotion depending on the feeling that we are feeling we are able to see it in a different light literally <laughs> and so revisiting it is so beautiful of course the thing again is not to give up that moment not to bring in reasoning and try to scuttle that feeling of not allow the head to spoil the heart's uh, actually, party you know uh, i'm just reminded of one of my seniors who had such a similar moment you know not in the recent times this is after he had actually graduated from the university mm-hmm. swami was physically still with us but he was working elsewhere in a city and uh, i mean it was a typical day he just came back from work mm-hmm. he came back to the room where he was staying he was staying with a few other of his classmates swami students so it so happened that he just kind of you know played some song from his student days okay which we had uh, sung so many times before and in that moment he didn't know what happened he was just overcome with such pining and you know uh, you can't call it pain but he was just flooded with feelings for swami and love for swami and and that pain of separation and he said in that intense moment he actually got the highest of experiences wow because when he looked around he couldn't see anything but swami his uh, roommates were staying with him you know later came and told us that he was in that state for nearly 4 or 5 hours oh seeing swami everywhere yeah, he saw swami everywhere who came to him he saw swami in them and he couldn't come out of that state for a long long time and in fact they they had taken him out they had got dinner for him and you know they brought him back they tried speaking to him they put him to sleep he had no idea of all these things oh he was in the state where he was seeing only swami and, and it came out of that moment of you know intense it's yearning. totally understandable because when we read the bhagavatam lord krishna's stories we read about such things happening to the gopikas where they go and you know they hug the creepers they talk to the bees they talk to the flowers they talk to the trees things which look crazy in the eyes of the world but swami says that it is always like that you know for a god intoxicated man the whole world looks crazy for the person intoxicated in the world a person who wants god looks crazy so craziness or madness is just a matter of perspective but swami says out of all the madnesses that afflict man god madness is the least harmful and the most beneficial and when you were talking about that student friend of yours who had this experience i remember this famous kavali you know swami used to love it mm-hmm. swami loves it i mean i'm sorry to say swami used to love it swami loves it and he used to personally ask for this mm-hmm. and the first line of the kavali goes as mohabbat ki kami dil mein agar ehsaas hota hai zara jhako to paoge ki sai paas hota hai the meaning is so beautiful it says if at all you feel an acute shortage of love in your life just look around and you'll see right by your side there is sai waiting to fill it with love divine 
and that is what exactly happened in those moments of intense yearning and missing you feel that you are missing the lord you don't have the lord and you pine so much instantly it is filled with so much of swami's love and this song this kavali swami loved it so much in fact during one of the convocation dramas the drama was supposed to be on chaitanya you know chaitanya mahaprabhu, chaitanya mahaprabhu. who pined for lord krishna you know at that time i i think swami didn't go into these details that this is the sai form of the avatar that is the krishna form of the avatar he said chaitanya should sing this song <laughs> you know but that song had the line as sai bina raha na jaye which means i cannot live without sai so for the sake of accommodating the song in the drama they had to change the lyrics the lyrics were changed into shama bina raha na jaye <laughs> everywhere wherever sai came sai was replaced with shama because swami wanted this kava it's a kavali <laughs> you know in every other way logically again you know logically is a way you should never see divine things but if you see logically chaitanya is a bengali saint chaitanya is a bengali saint and he never sang in the kavali style <laughs> but that is what swami said kavali kavali which means <laughs> i want kavali and i want this and therefore in the drama one of the finale songs was chaitanya mahaprabhu <laughs> singing shama bina rahana jaye and this is a famous kavali that i'm sure every devotee would have heard and if at all there is someone who has not heard i think they must hear it right away let's play the other variant of that same kavali which says that whenever you long for the lord you will feel his love and him surrounding you always शाम बिल रहान जाए शाम बिल रहान जाए चैन नाए मोहे चैन नाए चैन नाए मोहे चैन नाए शाम बिल रहान जाए शाम बिल रहान जाए जब से देखा तुझको शाम मेरे दर्श के प्यासे नैना साझ सवेरे जब से है देखा तुझको शाम मेरे दर्श के प्यासे नैना सांझ सवेरे मिट मर जाए तुझ पे हमसे न रूठे तू जिंदगी सौंप दे हम चरणों में तेरे यू जिंदगी सौंप दे हम चरणों में तेरे यू जिंदगी सौंप दे हम चरणों में तेरे मन मंदिर से जाओ श्यामा मन मंदिर से जाओ श्यामा चैन नाए मोहे चैन नाए चैन नाए मोहे चैन नाए श्याम बिल रहाल जाए शाम बिल रहान जाए 
that was from a drama on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mm-hmm. uh, which was staged I think sometime in mid 90s or early 90s when Swami often says that follow any one teaching of mine mm-hmm. and that will actually make you follow everything else mm-hmm. it's a very very profound statement I think which needs a lot of deep thought maybe sometime we will dwell on that but it is like that you know even this one thing that whatever Swami does is for our good Hmm. It is like no whatever Swami does to the students, it is for the students good. Whatever hmm. Swami does has, has done for the devotees, it is for the devotees good. And whatever Swami has done for the non-devotees, non-believers, I think hmm. that also is for their good. I mean, even if we take this lesson to our heart, I think uh, you know the understanding, the complete understanding which it can bestow is tremendous. Exactly. In such a state, we will not be elated by anything that's happening. We will not be depressed by anything that's happening because everything. is running according to a perfect master plan and we are sure of it have i ever recollected that wonderful episode of my classmate when swami had taken him to uh, chennai during the atirudra mahayagnam yeah, just because that uh, car analogy which swami is on surrender right. surrender and when swami was explaining what is surrender swami said that true surrender is you must tell yourself whatever happens is for my good is for my good and maybe for the benefit of those who haven't heard it i'll briefly recap this episode you know this boy was supposed to give a talk in hindi and swami previous day asked him to ask if he has any doubts mm-hmm. and he had asked swami you know what is sharanagati swami told you tell me what is sharanagati he said swami sharanagati or surrender means giving up everything for the lord swami then looked at him and said sir god doesn't want anything from you and then swami gave this example of the car gear he said you know whenever you shift the gears of the car from the first gear or second gear or third gear when the car is in gear it runs properly the problem comes only when you have to shift between the gears and that is when you use the clutch and swami said in life too you know just like the gear is front and back in front and back swami said life too you always have joys and sorrows and joys and sorrows in joy it's fine in sorrow it's fine when you shift from joy to sorrow or when you shift from sorrow to joy that's when the problem comes because one throws you to heights of elation the other throws you down into abysmal depths of depression and swami said at that time you should use the clutch of sharanagati which is surrender which is nothing but telling yourself that everything is for my good idi na manchi ko same as swami would put it so this boy nodded the next day he gave a talk which was according to everybody a very brilliant talk in hindi Mm-hmm. according to everybody other than swami because when swami came to the dining hall after the evening program and they were having dinner swami asked how was this boy's talk some of the people said swami it was very good everything they praised him to the skies but swami said no it was totally bad the boy got hurt he got hurt because the one person whose opinion mattered the most for him did not seem to be supporting him everybody else it doesn't matter what they think Swami felt his talk was bad he was feeling sad and in fact Swami had asked him what he is speaking about he had told Swami that he is speaking about guru mm-hmm. what is the meaning of guru but then Swami said see he did not speak anything about sharanagati inside the boy rebelled I means in his mind he thought Swami I never told you I am going to speak on sharanagati I had told you I will speak about guru if you wanted you should have changed this is unfair this is unfair this, this is very bad why is this happening you know he was feeling very bad At that time, Swami was on the chair, you know, the sofa chair, and he asked 
to move in between the lines of the students who were dining this boy was upset and he did not even want to look at swami because he was feeling let down swami comes close to him and says where is your sharanagati sir where is your sharanagati and then in a moment it hits him mm-hmm. you know swami had said that whatever happens you should tell this is for my good this is for my good just the previous day swami had bestowed that lesson and here he was right royally flouting that you know he realized it he fell on his knees and he told swami tapai poindi shaminchandi please forgive me it was a mistake swami said yes have sharanagati and then swami gave him a smile saying that he was so happy with his talk and everything was understood so to you know sharanagati or true surrender if we really love the lord it just means whatever happens irrespective of the outcome we should always be able to tell ourselves this is for my good this is for my good that is something we should try to inculcate at such moments when we intensely miss swami when we are missing swami like that let us tell ourselves that this is for my good if i am not able to see swami right now in front of my eyes it is for my good it is for my good let us channelize this to increase our love for swami and never away get a negative thought that what is this swami why are you letting me down these are detrimental to our own progress you know in this incident there's another lesson actually hmm. when swami says you have to be happy whatever happens which means something's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> you know literally because when swami says be careful which means you're going to get a situation where you have to be careful hmm. you know swami says don't get angry then which means there are going to be situations which are going to make you angry correct and i'm just giving you the hint in advance <laughs> don't get angry <laughs> and so i think uh, it's an ongoing process you know like the other analogy which swami often gives is when you hammer a nail into the wall hmm the nail is meant to be inside hmm but after you hammer it you pull it out trying to True. make sure that it has gone in properly hmm so the very action for which you are hammering it inside you have to do the opposite one to make sure that it is perfectly there hmm and chami says faith also is the same thing you know faith is hammered in the same lord for whom you having the faith will do, you know create situations to shake that faith in chami you say once that nail is firm then the picture of the lord can be hung on it exactly so prem it becomes tough for us to decide whether the lord is testing or sometimes i feel why does the lord need to test i mean he knows what we are worth So at sometimes I felt the Lord never tests. It is we who are testing ourselves. See, I remember, you know, even as you're saying this, a little huh. humorous incident comes to my mind. Huh. One of the students who wished to stay back after their studies, this tug of war was going on. So I was telling uh, the boys who were there to go and you know take care of their parents, do some work. Mm-hmm. But these boys were just hanging on. They were just hoping that Swami will allow them to stay. And it reached one point when Swami called these boys and said, "No, no, I, I want you to go." and they were saying swami please swami please and swami had to tell boys i am not testing you i want you to go <laughs> <laughs> because you no know, swami would, would have realized that it's so difficult for us to understand when swami is testing us and you know when uh, it is meant to be a command and that is where i feel this thing that everything happens for my good is for my best it comes so handy it doesn't matter what swami says what swami does what he gives what he does not give I feel you must narrate what you told me yesterday prem about the those vedam dhotis that swami gave and you know how a single word could make a happy moment into a sad one and a sad one into a happy yeah, one I know very interestingly this happened you know when uh, it was a beautiful day when the old students were going out to distribute blankets hmm. which they do every uh, a year during the winter months 
they go out in the middle of the night go to one of the railway stations look for homeless people and distribute blankets mm. so one thing is the activity itself is so beautiful but what used to happen is in the process of going and doing that because we would travel as a in a group of 10 or 20 of us in these uh, small trucks with all those things and in that journey we used to have a lot of satsang and we used to sing swami's bhajans and hmm. and many of them I mean it used to be a wide diaspora of alumni some of them from very old students to the recent most which batches different batches different batches so we used to get to hear a lot of nice things so it was you know one of those times when two of the alumni shared this with us okay and it seems one day swami came out this happened i think in the late 80s hmm. okay swami came out and uh, swami started distributing his robes which swami used to do quite often correct you know, i think we also have had the opportunity to receive one from swami hmm. so that day swami just came out of the interview room and started throwing robes like how he he would distribute apples or you know any other prasadam so there was a boy behind him holding uh, a bundle of uh, those robes which Swami used to use and Swami is picking and you know picking and choosing boys to whom Swami will throw it to okay so Swami is throwing it to a few Swami is standing just outside the interview room Swami is giving it to a few boys in the bhajan group so few boys were seated in the portico hmm. so some of them got and some of them didn't get okay. okay so that day in the hostel there was this literally a kind of a strike by boys who didn't get okay because they were so sad they were so upset they didn't want to have dinner and those uh, boys were sitting and crying in the rooms so the warden they didn't get the they, they didn't get a robe from swami so this came to the notice of the warden narsimulti mm-hmm. sir was the warden then so the next morning he came and told swami this he said swami those boys who didn't get the robes they very very upset they're all crying they're not they're refusing to eat and swami said you go and tell them that all those boys who got robes from swami i gave it to them because they're going to leave swami oh, okay <laughs> and all those boys who didn't get robes from swami <laughs> i didn't give them because anyway they're going to stay with swami uh-huh. <laughs> and when you know wardens are went and told gave this information to the boys in the hostel all those boys who had received the <laughs> robe became sad they, they became sad <laughs> they started crying and they refused to eat <laughs> of course the interesting thing was the two boys who i said the two alumni who shared with us this incident uh, both are settled in Prashanti Nilayam, you know, they have their and own. Both got robes or didn't get. Yeah, one got a robe and one didn't get a robe. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so. It <laughs> so <laughs> again, this goes to show that it's all a matter of perspective. Those who get the robe should know the truth that they got it because it's best for them. Those who did not get the robe should know the truth that they did not get it because it is best for them. and i think that is the beauty of this kind of surrender where whatever happens we accept it with joy you know one more example well this can also be as an a thing to do when we intensely miss swami mm-hmm. at the same time this is another beautiful example of how whatever situation you are in you are able to use it in the best possible manner to benefit you mm-hmm. you know there is a doctor Dr uh, Shrikant Sola they all just in the white field correct and he narrated something very beautiful you know he said every day as he would sit in the doctor's block and watch watch the darshan proceedings you know swami used to come out and sit and the veda chanting will be on and then the bhajans and then swami would receive aarti and go for almost 1 hour or at least half an hour swami would be sitting outside and he said that i observed that everybody is so intensely concentrating on swami the slightest movement of his finger if he beckons to somebody they come they are able to catch it the slightest you know swami twitches towards a handkerchief somebody picks the handkerchief and gives swami everybody is on a complete alert 
to swami's movements to swami's needs if we can say so he just felt that this swami who is seated within me at least for this swami who is seated here there are so many in that state of alertness what about the swami sitting in my heart i am the only one who can give him that kind of dedicated alertness and how can i be neglecting him and thus started his beautiful meditations if we can say so where he would sit and intensely concentrate with all alertness on the swami sitting in his heart just as we would do to swami outside and he says i see no difference swami speaks to me swami gives me advice swami gives guidance and some of the things that he has accomplished some of the things he has done some of the things he has spoken some of the things he has revealed you know it's something for the heart to experience you can be sure that this is not fancies or whims this is something divine in it and he says that there's nothing special about him it is swami that who is speaking so and he says anybody can establish this contact with swami nobody needs to depend on anybody else that is the beauty you know with our swami each one of us can establish our own inner contact maybe this is another thing that we should do when we intensely miss swami let us close our eyes and let us visualize him imagine him whatever let us focus all our attention to the swami in our hearts it's quite interesting what uh, you know you shared about dr sola mm. because this was something which had struck me quite some time back because i used to think you know here is this swami mm. there is this one swami for a million devotees mm. okay and all said and done the physical swami had only 24 hours correct okay and in that 24 hours he had to accommodate so many of us huh. and we were vying and we were fighting for that time okay but the fact is each one of us has a swami within us hmm and that swami has no other job but you and he is neglected no neglected is of course one thing the other thing is we pain and uh, no we are pained and we are pining for that swami who is having 24 hours and who is having million devotees to uh, you know share his time we are pained and we are you know crying that he is not talking to us but here is one swami within us who has nobody but you Hmm. you are the only devotee and he is not talking to us are we not pained about that i mean are we not uh, crying for that swami to talk to us imagine you're put in a room and swami is there hmm. and there is nobody else only you and swami and if swami doesn't talk to you then won't the pain be a thousand fold when swami is sitting in the kolunth hall with thousands of devotees and then not talking to us naturally prem that is a very powerful and true point if the swami who is there all for us is not speaking we should be pained much more than the swami who has come for the whole world and you know this two swami concept that you brought in that there's one swami who is there for the world the other swami in us for all for us i had also you know started this practice of always speaking to two swamis mine was more out of desperation because i didn't seem to be getting further or getting anything with the physical swami so i thought i'll get it with my swami who is in my heart and i used to speak to him i was very very possessive about him you know i used to imagine also like you know i'm walking on the road and i used to imagine that my swami also walks along with me by my side he's holding my hand and i would even hold imaginary conversations with him i would tell him that you know don't now these boys are coming here don't speak to them okay because i want you to always be with me and talk to me so all that you know <laughs> so this swami is only for me i am the person whom he has come for and he'll do everything for me in fact uh, i would say sometimes swami now you why don't you walk on this side of the road you know because there are vehicles coming let me walk this side i don't want a vehicle to bump into you 
or sometimes have to be careful look down what is there you know there's a banana peel there avoid it and walk just as you would do to a friend then one day suddenly you know i felt that all this was some kind of imagination hallucination i'm deluding myself fooling myself what is this stupidity i felt suddenly you know that is the way of the mind the way about the mind is it is so dependent on our faith prem if you are convinced that swami is listening to you the mind provides you with thousand reasons why why it is true that whatever you are communicating you are communicating with swami when you don't have that faith the same mind will provide you thousand reasons on why you are hallucinating why you are deluded and why you are foolish that is where faith comes so important okay we have to have that faith but anyway this was a point where uh, my faith seemed to be lost and i felt that this was all a hallucination all imagination i just left it and in fact i felt i'm all alone i had nobody many days passed they turned into weeks and months later one day i have a dream that dream is so realistic where swami is coming and speaking to me and so many things happened there he revealed some things which helped me later on help me take some steps that is another story by itself but what happened was in the dream swami says come let's go for a walk and when we were walking swami asked won't you hold my hand and the dream it is so realistic that i don't know i am dreaming so i am thinking my god what i used to tell him months ago he is telling me now <laughs> this is what i think then i think how does he know because you see in the dream i am thinking that this is the the real swami you know the swami who has come for the world kind of so i am thinking in the dream how does he know stuff that i have spoken to my swami <laughs> and then we are walking on the road and swami says you know vehicle is coming from that side i feel little insecure can i come and walk on that side of you again i think how does swami know this man this is what i am thinking and as we are walking swami suddenly says can you carry me shall we go behind the tree i ask why swami he says see the boys are coming from there if they see me they'll surround me and start talking to me i don't want to do that i am yours and at that time you know i turned to him and tell tell me how you know all this tell me how you know all this because i in my dream i'm thinking i have not told you anything these are all my own imaginations and swami tells me till about few months back you used to tell and share everything with me i was so happy now you have stopped because you have shared i know all this but now we have you have stopped why have you stopped please continue and his face was so sad that even today when i think of it i think that i'm so selfish that i'm always thinking that i am pining and missing the lord not realizing that how much ever i pine for the lord 10 times more the lord is pining for the devotee every time again you know we always think from our perspective in fact when i watch the movie annamaya mm-hmm. there you see annamaya pining for merger with the lord that anybody who is watching the movie you know their heart bleeds for annamaya thinking lord why don't you grant this wish for annamaya he is singing your glories and with his songs he is able to inspire so much love in so many peoples so much he is doing for you why don't you grant his wish and then when it comes to the last scene of the movie i broke down prem because it was so beautiful the lord appears before him and he asks lord i have waited so long for you why did you not come and the lord you know he says annamaya if you merge in me who will sing for me i will miss you so much because i will miss you so much i didn't grant you this merger we do not realize that every time we pine and pain for the lord the lord is also pining and paining for us 10 times more so yes whenever we miss and pine for the lord let us concentrate on the swami in our hearts 
because it is that same swami who when he wills when the time is right when everything is perfect will manifest as a swami before our eyes also and i think we are kind of pushed to that predicament today mm. i know swami in a way has merged the outer swami and inner swami and our yearning is kind of more focused on what swami is you know with each one of us and i used to think of this thing to talking about the 2012 you know catastrophe and, mm. and you know things like dr shikant solavi spoke about and one of the things which he often says is how important it is at the end of 2012 the period we are in right now to think more of swami because he said it is not a period where the world is going to be destroyed and remade but he said it is going to be a literally a spiritual upheaval kind of a thing mm. so it is very important to concentrate on swami more during this, this period is not only shrikant sola prem i have read so many places on the internet of course there are so many and they come from christian scriptures many people who have said that this period of transition between 2012 to 2013 is a period of spiritual upheaval and those who focus their energies and concentration on the lord will be benefited and will be harbingers of this peace and beautiful times and in such times i think we should all feel blessed that we are missing swami so much and thinking of him i feel we are thinking of him more than what we thought of him when he was physically here right you know i used to think suppose somebody gives you a huge diamond hmm. and says keep this safe okay let's say we put it in our pocket you know in a place where we can feel it all the time so i think th- then what would happen is we would go around with our regular work correct and you know once in a while feeling if it's there in the pocket and feel safe suppose the same diamond is taken away from you and say kept in a corner of the room and somebody says keep an eye on it oh so now what happens is no all our focus has to be on the diamond we cannot move out of that room and do anything else even if you're doing everything else in the back of your mind you're thinking is the diamond safe is it fine there yeah you'll have to keep looking at that you know the idea of having it physically with you is you can go about doing your work but if it is put it in the corner of the room and if you're told that you cannot remove it from there then you cannot do anything else you will have to be in that room you have to keep yourself focused on that diamond lying there literally i think that's what swami has done to us Mm-hmm. As long as Swami is physically there, I think most of us felt that we could come back to Swami. You know? Correct. We could come a weekend, we could come uh, the year end, or we could come during our vacations. Mm. But now, it, we are in a point where we have to focus on Swami every time, every day, all the, all through the day and all through the year. And talking about pining and uh, you know yearning, what Shirdi Baba used to say, the two mm. words. which he used to say and you know i think he he refers to his guru and mm. what his guru had taught him and he says shraddha and saburi mm. right faith and patience i think these are cornerstones of yearning mm. but the beautiful thing is you know this word shraddha i was just looking up because we hear it in so many contexts mm. because one of the famous quotations where shraddha is used is shraddhavan labhate gyanam shraddhavan labhate gyanam and in that context shraddha actually stands for yearning श्रद्धावान लबते ज्ञानम मीन्स वन दैट हैज यर्निंग एंड अर्नेसनेस विल बी गिवन विजडम विल बी कॉन्फर्ड विजडम अपॉन एंड बट हियर एक्चुअली शेड्यू बाबा से श्रद्धा इज फेथ ओके एंड वेन आई जस्ट लुकड अप इन द डिक्शनरी संस्कृत वर्ड श्रद्धा मीन इट हैज समिफरेंट मीनिंग्स एंड द ब्यूटिफुल थिंग इज समेम आर सूड वे अपार्ट इन इन द स्पिरिट ऑफ दैट वर्ड लाइक यू नो श्रद्धा ऑल्सो मीन्स कामनेस ऑफ माइंड Hmm. and shraddha also means longing oh longing is 
intensity and yeah, it's a, you associate restlessness with longing and yes, earnestness right agitation of the mind yeah, a kind of a burning aspiration correct okay but shraddha is also faith okay faith is steady calmness. as a rock faith is calmness I mean if you have complete faith in god hmm it will express itself as equanimity so here you're talking of shraddha as equanimity and as earnestness so when you say shraddha and saburi saburi being patience hmm. it is like you know be as restless as you can like uh, i think socrates who said if you pine for god like you pine for air when your head is immersed in water hmm. then you will get god hmm. so shraddha actually is that that kind of burning aspiration and yearning and restlessness and saburi is patience yes you have that burning aspiration and yet you are serene and become you know talking about determination and you know wanting to achieve this you were saying this swami has said you know in a, he says that having desired or having longed to achieve something long and desire and put in efforts till either the desire is fulfilled or till you collapse from the effort it is so beautiful maybe we'll go into the details of that after listening to that beautiful padyam in swami's golden voice yeah it's a very famous uh, padyam where swami talks of the importance of persistence patina patte do patane pattenu pattune gidudaka povakunde adigina dediyo adagane adigenu adigina gidudaka duvunde ोवलूट Yeah, I think Arvind. What I'll do is I'll quickly read out the meaning of this padhyam for okay. the benefit of our listeners. It goes: Having grasped what ought to be grasped, hold on with a tight grasp till the end. Hmm. Having desired what ought to be desired, hold on till the desire is fulfilled. Hmm. Having asked what ought to be asked, hold on till you receive that you've asked for. Hmm. Having thought what ought to be thought. hold on till the thought comes true either he has to bless you out of frustration with your prayers <laughs> or you have to ask with all your heart intensely it is not proper in the part of a devotee to give up halfway very very powerful uh, padyam of swami and there should be so much of power in it when every time swami used to say it saying that you know it is not a nature of a devotee to give up either god has to get you know bugged of you uh, mm-hmm. pestering him and grant you your wish or in the process of asking you have to collapse which means that there are chances that you may ask and ask and don't get and you collapse from the effort also but faith comes in thinking that that is also good for me bah what a <laughs> thing prem because you know i feel sometimes it is better that way because i always want to know now then if i am going to put in this effort i'll put in i will persist i will persist always in the end i don't know i may not achieve it also okay because 
that's what swami says either you fall from the effort or you get what you want so i may fall from the effort and not achieve it and i feel that is one reason many times swami doesn't reveal what is in store for us because say today if i know that oh, i'm not going to achieve it do you think i'll be putting in it's effort it's a gloomy thing i mean if you look at it there are two ways of looking at this whole padyam i feel you know one thing is you may get or you may not get mm. so there's a kind of pessimistic finish to this padyam you know, somebody mm. who is a little negative in the approach might say that you know what's the point you might not get in the end but i think the very significant and uh, profound lesson which ami is leaving in this padyam is it actually doesn't matter Correct. whether you get or you don't get maybe the asking is so important maybe the holding on is so much more important than actually receiving what you ask for hmm no i i said it this manner because many times it happens we wonder why is swami not telling i had also you know thought swami i want to know what my future holds for me why don't you tell me because i used to think if you tell me swami i know whether i can <laughs> you know i can work for it say for example if i'm playing cricket a very crude example if i'm playing cricket or football if you let me know that i'm going to become a football player i'll give up cricket and start concentrating on football but i do not realize that for some reason the lord wants me to play both cricket and football it's like the rock in the push story when the lord tells you to push a rock it may not be because he wants to move the rock it may be because he wants to build your bicep muscles <laughs> in the same way when the lord wants us to do something you know many times there have been singers who have you know ended up disappointed saying that all the time i practiced to get one chance to sing in swami's presence i never got that chance we do not realize that when swami makes us practice and sing it may not be because we have to sing in his presence we do not know what that singing is doing for us the singing is a rock which we don't have to move it may be building something within us i think it's a learning which will come with time where you you know accept by saying that whether you get it or you don't get it there is a reason for it and i think this will come with various experiences as i mentioned earlier i think in last week when you say we keep concluding every now and then we have an experience we conclude hmm then we have another experience then again we conclude the point is i think when the actual understanding sets in you won't even realize that it is coming it's just built on so many experiences varied so many ups and so many downs that eventually it just crystallizes without your knowledge in chemistry we have this idea of crystallizing your product Hmm. When you allow it to crystallize on its own, you get the most beautiful crystal. Correct, most pure crystal. Even uh, the appearance-wise, it's the most beautiful crystal. Correct. Crystal. Most, yeah. Yeah, but when you try to actually, you know, hasten that process and you try to seed or you try to, you know, create some some pressure you by get the product fast, no doubt. You'll but get it the product. Not... Yeah, but it'll be a, you know, it's not the quality which you wanted. Exactly. So I think understanding and this faith of Swami also is like that. So Prem, you know, uh, one important question that may come up here is. So if it is not sure that if I put in my 100% I will achieve it it's like a disincentive but I think that is true about any efforts in the world for every successful story of a rags to riches case there are at least a million examples of those who started off in rags and ended in rags those who strived all their life for achieving something which they never achieved and uh, they tell the examples you know these are glorified examples of a person who could not it's inspiring no doubt a person who was born with polio but you know wilma rudolph they tell that she had braces on her legs and she became a gold medalist in the olympics that is great that is fantastic but for every wilma rudolph there are 
thousands nay lakhs millions of other girls who have been born with birth defects who have not been able to achieve and i think we also are unfair to some of these people by saying that this person was actually having more faith sometimes i think it not necessarily you know when you talk of confidence hmm. suppose you show me five people and say one person has made it to his or her goal we might say that no no she has more tenacity or she has more i think we're being unfair to the others Correct. maybe they might have had more faith and they might have put in more hard work but god is giving them what is good for them and we never know we never know what each person is achieving because our thing is our perception and our understanding is so limited to this time this place so i don't think we should get into judging but the thing is it this much is very evident in the world that for every person who achieves you know where swami says having grasped what is ought to be grasped hold on to it till you achieve it or fail there have been some who have achieved but there have been many who have failed and that is where you know i think we should focus on what swami has said here so beautifully he is saying having grasped what ought to be grasped having desired what ought to, to be, be desired. desired should we desire money should we grasp power should we think of fame what is it that ought to be and that i feel is only divinity this is true because swami has said that any achievements on the spiritual path or on the path of divinity carries forward while all your material wealth riches power anything that you achieve you'll have to leave behind one day i mean even in spirituality when you talk of devotion there are some things which we ask for which may be trivial hmm. you know asking for something which is physical may be wrong even in the spiritual sense though you're asking it from swami and though it is related to god hmm. maybe it is wrong but sometimes i think it becomes like the analogy which swami gives you get into a train from which you don't have to get on but it will be attached to the appropriate engines at the appropriate times and you can still reach your destination correct i think that is the speciality of asking or seeking anything from god hmm okay arvind i think we'll quickly take a break here okay we will play out a nice song at this point and actually we will dwell a little more into this aspect of if there is this eventuality of you not getting what you're asking what is the point in still seeking okay
beautiful song arvind it brings in lot of nice memories and in fact talking about yearning and all just to give briefly a idea of this song you know this song was uh, composed when swami was in vrindavan 
that was the time when swami had had his first fall and swami didn't come back to prashantinilya during june as was his usual habit and when swami was you know in brindavan recovering from that uh, fracture swami had sustained that time boys had composed the song and sent it to swami saying okay. that you know we waiting for the day when we can talk to you when you'll be and back and we're reminiscing on the beautiful memories of the past days and yes i remember that occasion when this song was composed and and uh, swami heard that song and i have a special memory of this song also one of our colleagues you know he's working in radio sai he had the chance of going with swami accompanying swami on a trip to kodaikanal this song i'm saying why it is so special you know swami gives us that cold treatment during the time when which he ignores it is actually more painful than when swami scolds if swami scolds you know you can take corrective action speak to him communicate with him but the cold treatment is a time when swami just stops talking to you he doesn't praise you nor does he scold you it pains so much more because you know you feel you're not worthy even of swami censure you're not even worthy of swami scolding you in fact swami has told that this is a time when he avoids so that it is like when a highway is being repaired a piece of road a part of the road is being repaired you don't travel on the road so that the repair works can proceed fast and efficiently so to swami says my avoiding you is like that i avoid so that whatever has to happen that process happens very fast and you bet it happens really fast because when you miss him it is so strong so then what happened was this boy he had this song and this was his period of cold treatment from swami mm-hmm. he was missing swami so much pining swami pining for swami and he did not know what happened he was a singer so swami was asking different boys to sing in kodaikanal and never this boy got a chance two three sessions passed he never got a chance to sing in swami's presence he was crying and you know his heart was weeping every time okay and on one occasion swami just threw the field open he said does anybody want to sing mm-hmm. and this boy raised his hand and said swami i want to sing mm-hmm. and swami said okay i have seen the video of this song you know he started singing this very song oh nestama oh my dear friend what a loving relationship is this it's such a relationship that i cannot live without you and every moment i'm thinking of the times that i have spent with you and i'm longing for such times to return again even as he sang the song reliving its meaning he broke down he could not sing okay. a word more and what does he see right in front of him swami is sitting on the chair weeping just like him swami is crying and swami is telling papam that child is having so much pain in his heart <laughs> and swami told him to sing and on that occasion in that session this boy sang 12 songs more than anybody else had sung throughout the trip when i heard this episode when i saw the video i'm convinced that whatever swami does is for our good and it is exactly as swami says if for some reason i'm avoiding you it is just like you avoid a road that is being repaired so that the repair works can proceed fast because every time you feel pain from missing him trust me i mean trust me in the sense nothing that trust me but i know for sure that for every bit of pain that i feel by missing him 10 times more the lord is feeling for me it is always like that and that is the memory that this song evoked and took me on this digression this reminded of a dialogue which swami had told a boy you know hmm. kind of confirming this very 
thought of yours mm. some you saying inchi inchi istanra niku some you said i will count you know every moment that you have you have given for me and, and i will pay you wow and <laughs> mm. you know coming back to the idea of are we to be discouraged with this thought that we may or may not get what we seek mm. and uh, very interestingly you pointed out that that's the case with almost everything you know whether you're you're going after money you're going after power you're going after uh, any other uh, objective there's always a chance always that you may chance. or may not and i mean fortunately unfortunately only the ones who are successful are known and uh, we are kind of made to believe that there's always success at the end of the uh, in the road hmm. but one thing which swami has often said is you know many times you've heard swami saying that you will never carry forward your wealth Hmm. You have to go empty-handed. He tells the story of Alexander the Alexander Great, Alexander the Great, who wanted to be buried with his hands stretched wide open to show that though I conquered the whole world, I'm not taking anything along with exactly. me. Exactly, and but there are sometimes you know when we could say that maybe talent is being carried over because when you have young children singing so the well, child prodigy. I mean, in fact, I mean, how do you explain such talent? There could be possibly a carryover of talent, maybe. Hmm. And we hear people also saying, you know, maybe in his previous birth he was a singer or something like that. You know, such statements are also common. Exactly, but one thing is for sure, and Swami has also told many times to many people that your spiritual pursuit is always spiritual wealth that you acquire is always, always carried over. And whatever progress you have made, you have that option of literally, you know, pause and play, saving and playing the next level in the next birth. And you know, I'm just reminded of one very beautiful incident which uh, happened to Phyllis Crystal, mm. and she writes it writes about this in her book, The Ultimate Experience. And this was one of the first interactions she had with Swami. And I think uh, for those who are unaware of who Phyllis Crystal is, she is one of the, I think I wouldn't be wrong in saying this, a very very spiritually evolved devotee of Swami. Mm. In fact, many people have been sent to Phyllis Crystal by Swami. you know trying to understand some spiritual uh, nuances swami would tell them to go to phyllis crystal even isaac tigrit has that experience of swami asking him to meditate with phyllis crystal mm. and you know she also has this past which kind of uh, talks about this spiritual wealth she had accumulated over births mm. in fact she says that once she goes through a regression therapy you know when you look regression back therapy. Yeah, when you look back into your past lives okay so that time she sees one life where she is a tibetan monk Okay. Okay, and she is actually in the middle of a very very intense uh, spiritual practice hmm. where she is confined voluntarily in a cave hmm. where she is all by herself, absolutely cut off with any human contact. Hmm. She is actually doing a particular spiritual practice where in your mind's screen, in your mind's eye, hmm. you bring every desire, every attachment of yours, hmm. and you literally deal with it and you remove it from your mind completely. So it is like you focus all your mind on that. and uh, the practice as she says is is like suppose you imagine a screen where your third eye is okay. just behind your forehead and you bring in all the desires and attachments one by one and you kind of remove it from your mind through meditation through meditation and all the while she was in contact with a master hmm. telepathically who was you know he was in the monastery but you know in a very uh, internal level he was in contact with her with him in that birth she was a man hmm. and guiding her in this practice So at one point she loses this contact with the master. Well, you know what? Just a small thought: if mm. masters can do this, why not the Lord? Exactly, and in fact, it's very interesting what she concludes in the end of this. Uh. We'll come to that, and uh, she says that she loses contact with the master, and at that moment, these thoughts which she had kept at bay for so many months 
start coming flooding back into her head mm. you know they kind of uh, literally make Play her mad her. Okay. you know they all come flooding and uh, and she doesn't have her master to support her and at that moment this monk goes and bangs his head against the wall of the cave and kills himself he's mad with the number of thoughts yeah. that come and actually this is her past and all said and done she has done tremendous spiritual uh, you know practices to reach that state and she had died in that process okay and the interesting thing was when swami had called them for an interview the husband and wife this was their second interview so that time swami was telling about her husband he said you have too much bookish knowledge you read a lot of books too much bookish knowledge less devotion then mm-hmm. swami turned to phyllis crystal and he says that she has a lot of devotion hmm okay and swami says she is a good girl she has a lot of devotion and swami materializes a silver ring okay and gives it to her and swami tells whenever you have a headache rub it in that spot okay okay and swami said it will cure the original cause Oh. Okay, and till now she has not disclosed this to Swami. This experience, and she is actually not sure also whether it's true. It's mm. just that it happened in a therapy, but she is not sure whether she, that past is true. So when Swami says that you rub it when you get that headache, she says, "Swami, oh Baba, you know it." Swami says, "Yes, I know it." Mm-hmm. Okay, and I will take care of you. Don't worry. And uh, the other thing which she says in that is that dependence on another mortal that had to go in that birth. and that was the reason why she lost that contact it was not a okay. mistake or you know by mistake it happened sarvin so coming back to this discussion and trying to quickly wrap up what we've been talking about you know the important thing takeaway lesson is to understand that whatever happens is for our good you know when you believe in something the reasoning comes up with hundreds of reasons to support your belief at the same time the minute you get doubt the same reasoning the same logic comes up with hundreds of reasons to you know stand by the doubt and prove that the doubt is true and this is where our faith in what swami has said in our swami on our own experiences with swami we should hold on to these hold on to these firmly and don't waver you know because i remember once somebody said swami my faith is shaky please help me swami laughed because there's nothing as a shaky faith either you have faith or you don't have faith it's a digital uh, phenomenon it's one or zero either you have faith or you don't have faith there's nothing like a shaky faith or a part time faith or a partial faith so the take away lesson is we have to persevere because among the different pursuits worldly that is for fame for glory for name for money among all of them the most glorious and the best one is this spiritual pursuit because this is the only pursuit we can carry forward to other lives at other times and they will never leave the soul the other things may go waste may go bad but never the spiritual pursuit therefore since spiritual pursuit is the only worthwhile pursuit let us spend our life our energies and our time and let us cherish these moments when we miss the lord so much because they are blessings in disguise they give us so much so much more than what they take from us let us cherish these and feel blessed whenever we miss him and pine for him really arvind just reiterating what you said telling it one more whatever we are today whatever little understanding which we have developed and whatever abilities we have to look at world in a totally different way it is because swami is present in our lives hmm. you know it is immaterial of whether swami has spoken to us so many times immaterial of how many interviews each one of us got but just the presence of swami in our lives has changed the way we look at the world itself 
and we need to thank Swami for that. And that itself is the proof of the value, yearning, and loving God has. Yes, with that, dear listeners, thank you for joining us in this satsang, which we, with all our love, gratitude, and humility, place at the lotus feet of our Lord, and thank Him for this beautiful opportunity to be on air on God's own radio. With that. It is me here, Arvind from Team Radio Sai, and Prem from Team Radio Sai, offering our humble pranams to Swami and this effort of us at His lotus feet. Thank you and happy listening. Sai Ram, you just heard an episode of our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a live discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics, and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on January 10th, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Sai Ram.